Hello, and welcome to Cast the Pod to your Witcher. I'm your co-host, Dov. I'm your co-host, Aaron. And I'm your co-host, Max. And today we're discussing Sword of Destiny from the Sword of Destiny anthology of short stories. It's the penultimate short story. It is the penultimate short story in the Sword of Destiny anthology. Yes, and the eponymous short story of the Sword of Destiny anthology. And sort of like we said last episode, um, this is sort of the beginning of something new. This is where sort of the short stories stop being sort of disjointed individual tales that don't really need to to relate to one another and the start of of building up the the story that will carry into the novels. It goes from monsters. Yeah. Yeah. So shall I just crack on with it then? Um, I've, my tongue has recovered having bitten it severely and had a lisp (laughs) for two weeks. Yeah. Um, I can speak properly. I can say my S's and everything. I can eat. <laughs> so I can do an episode of the podcast. Um, yeah. yeah, so you might want to know this is the first one we have recorded in some time. Um, we often record our episodes quite far in advance, and uh, this is, we've been over three weeks now, I think. So, um, yeah, just diving back into it. And, oh, I guess just because we usually try to say how the story relates to the show, this does somewhat cover some of the same ground as um god what was the episode where Siri went to Brokal on? Uh it's not it's not the strongest episode in the series. Um it's one of the weaker ones. Yeah. Do you remember what episode number that was? I cannot <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. So it must have been bottled appetites, just all anyone can remember from bottled appetites is, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So that's what it. Yeah. That's the episode it is. Um, and yeah. it kind of gets overshadowed, I think, because Bottle Lapsite, as you say, is probably one of the strongest episodes in the series. Yeah, but strong because it's the last wish, not because it's the Sword of Destiny. Yes, quite so. Um, yes. And I mean, we'll, we'll obviously get into the meat of it, but it's both lots happens and not very much happens <laughs> it's <laughs> um it's in, it's pace yes. um, yeah it's sort of it, well it opens up with Geralt finding a bunch of corpses um well one specifically with an arrow in its eye and he sort of wanders about looking for um the others and clearly you know this guy's been killed by the dryads because they're very territorial in Broccolon, and he finds someone whose name is how how would we pronounce it? Is it Frex Frexinet or? Yeah, I'm saying. Frexinet. Yeah, yeah, Frexinet. Sure, why not? not? Uh, and he's kind of um, <laughs> he's 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 in trouble. Yeah, he is indeed. So he's been shot through the chest. So unlike uh, the other um, body he's found, and unlike sort of what he's describing, is it one bit slipping into an almost mm-hmm. poetic? Um. Uh, yeah, like yeah, the things he's described in an almost poetic way in terms of like seeing like the 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 the, the bones protruding from the, the ground and things. He's found Frexinet who has been um, shot through the chest but is alive, and Frexinet tells Geralt that he has come to Brokilon to to retrieve the the princess uh, who has wandered into the forest. So Geralt, um, while well, he's trying to sort of see what he can do for Frexinet, uh, whether he can sort of drag him out of the the forest uh 
has to has to stop short because um, some dryads kind of open fire on him. But he manages to defuse the situation because he is known to them. Um, he sort of calls out in Elder, you know, he announces himself and uh, the dryads come out to, to yeah, chat. So he both introduces himself as Gwynblade um, and Vatgern. Um, so yeah, he... Yes. Uh, which, yes. So Gwynblade or Gwynblythe, however we're pronouncing that, that uh, means white wolf and Vatgern means um, witcher. Yeah, it's all sort of contextual. So... Yeah, Vatgern um, means At least that's, yeah. Um, it, it's an interesting bit. I think the way it communicates, you know, Geralt kind of slips into an internal monologue about this story, about, you know, human not one step further and all that kind of thing. I think that's cool. Uh, kind of getting lost in the... Yeah, he has a musing about yeah. This, how war doesn't spare yeah they used to young. give three warning shots then two now only one and that kind of thing yeah and it was quite a young boy who'd been who'd been shot through the eye wasn't it and he was saying you know he wouldn't have even understood that the first shot was a warning and yeah um and we'll have just run in the wrong direction i think the description he he gives of um the dryads is interesting um when he is sort of describing how one of them looks, uh, the you know the immobility of her face could not be categorized as pretty or ugly. Instead of such a classification, a thought came to him about the indifference, about indifference and heartlessness, not to say cruelty. Uh, Geralt reproached himself for that judgment, catching himself mistakenly humanizing the dryad. I think that's really interesting because we get this like later kind of revelation that he's clearly had a relationship with a dryad in the past, um, and just this this thing where he's trying to like consciously remind himself not to. He- expect human emotions out of them mm. so I thought that was interesting um we also find out this is also where we find out that the dryads um are kidnapping human girls because he looks at one of the the dryads uh Brian, i guess Bran, Brian, and notes that she's just a normal human girl about 16 years old who's probably been in the forest for like 10 years yeah she's got, she's got blue eyes um, blonde hair which is yeah. he refers to the other girls or women rather as having mm-hmm. was it olive colored hair and honey colored hair mm-hmm. and that uh, the sweat of dryad smells like willow leaves doesn't smell like human sweat mm, which I suppose only a witch only a witcher, only a witcher would, notice. would notice that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, very odd thing to put in the lore but Whatever. Yes, whatever. <laughs> um, I think he notices too that Brienne, even though she's she's quick and 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 knows the forest, she's you know she's breathing heavily, whereas a normal dryad wouldn't have any problems with like endurance running through the woods. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so um, it is agreed that the dryads will uh, bring him to their sort of. I'm not going to even try to pronounce it. Their. Um, the center of the forest so he can meet with Aethna who's their, their leader yeah and and they've sort of he's sort of been asked to just leave Frexnet behind and assume yes. that you yes. know either put him out of his misery or you know help him because he's choking on his own blood um, yes and it's kind of out of his hands at this point he's surrounded by bow wielding dryads like he hasn't really yeah. got much of a choice about what to do about Frexnet they basically force him to just leave him <laughs> Yes, um, and we get this kind of quite good description as well as like what it, how dangerous the forest is, right? Because like he's with 
Brienne to bring him into the the forest and um you know if if he wasn't with her he says he would have fallen to like uh you know pits full of sharpened stakes booby trapped bows uh falling trees uh a terrible the terrible urchin which is a spiked ball that can fall across the path indiana jones style it's a Viet Cong style combat um, yes <laughs> rather unsubtly yes. sort of that's yes the yes you're right that is a much closer analogy um, i mean i mean the the most obvious one really is mirkwood yes mirkwood not so much full of booby traps and things though is it they uh, he got like fucking you know they all got waylaid into a fucking spider nest um when all of the barb bilbo got trapped so i mean true <laughs> but yeah this is very much guerrilla warfare going on in the forest so without bran he would have you know not done well and you know it takes a couple of days to get into the center of the forest um so they sleep a night and then on their way in the morning they come across um a wee girl who is being attacked by um well Geralt initially thinks it's a halfling like well I think he initially thinks it's a dryad because he he says something about like oh that young dryad nearly died or something and then it turns out to be not but um she's being attacked by uh and this is why I trailed off scolopendromorph slash uh, myriapod yeah it's like a giant centipede yeah, I looked. I looked up the words, which that is actually the word for the like in real life for like the the kind of family of things the actual like house centipede is in. And God, I used to have house centipedes in my place in Ottawa, and they were just like oh, they're so fucking scary. <laughs> we they're not even poisonous kept... or anything, are they? They're just know... kind of big <laughs> and like leggy. We left. We kept them around on purpose. Like we never killed them or kicked them out of the house because like they're super useful. They eat everything, but. Mm. Uh, Oof. Do not like seeing one of them skitter behind the bookshelf. <laughs> yeah, see? See? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so so Siri introduces herself as Siri, but obviously Geralt notices, I think, her, her big green eyes and mousy hair. Yes. I love that he calls her a quite ordinary little human girl because if we, you know, because we know. It's like, hmm. Yeah, we, 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 the Observer, kind <laughs> yeah. of get it. We know, but there's no way of our beloved himbo of knowing. Yes, though I think the first time reading the story, you wouldn't necessarily know, because you don't know... The first time reading this, you don't know that the child of destiny is a girl. You don't know... Like, you don't know. That's true. You would have to... It would be a bit of a stretch to link the green eyes to Pavetta, given that she's seemingly not a massively important character yet mm-hmm. uh, so they go to um the the village of the uh yeah. dryads and yeah Siri... after Geralt basically accuses Brienne of the dryads having kidnapped Siri yes because <laughs> like which is asking Brienne like you know is it possible she escaped from like doing canal how are the how we're pronouncing that and is just like you know don't play dumb I know you abduct little girls and yeah so it's just sort of basically accusing the dryads of having kidnapped her. Yes. Like, no. Um, and they, put, which the one of the more so as they're walking, they sort of there's, so at this point there's the sweet wee moment where they're walking back and this girl tells a little story. Yes. Oh, this yeah, is, he tells this a, a whole, story about a cat. The whole trip on the way back is actually is actually quite sweet. Like series like being really bratty and like sassy at at Geralt and he's like jokily threatening that you know 
uh, yeah, take this belt like to joke. you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, and she's like, yeah, well, if you do that, then my grandmama is gonna lop your head off, and like, they're they're very kind of like, very funny and quite cute actually. And she's like, he's carrying her like piggyback because she's hurt her leg and she's too tired to walk, and she's threatening to bite his ear. She's like extremely Siri from the moment she shows up, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Good character building <laughs> straight off the bat. Yeah. Oh, and, she, oh, and it's, we find out what, why on why she's in the forest, why she's run away. Yeah, like, like before we get ahead of ourselves, we start finding out things about who she is chronologically. Um, yes. She, so she's a princess. Um, yes. Determined that much. She says she's a princess from the first minute she shows up, basically. She's like, don't touch me, I'm a princess. That's why she's talking about lopping people's heads off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, she does talk about, she's the, she does talk about how she's a princess and how she lops people's heads off, yeah. And she talks about her grandmother, but doesn't identify her. I am curious how many people Siri has executed by this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or asked her grasped Calanthe to execute. Exactly, yes. I, I am too shy. I'm not gonna lie. More women, fetal lords. <laughs> uh, but when it's Robert, when it's Robert Aaron yelling for people to be thrown out the moon door, that's not cute. But when it's Siri threatening to lop Carol's head off, that's cute. Yes. <laughs> uh, but um, we we trust Siri to do the right thing. It's yes. called a social contract. <laughs> no one has ever trusted Robert Terran with anything. His old mum doesn't trust him to piss. Like true. <laughs> so yes. So in the sort of sequence where they first meet, and she's you know saying, "I'm a princess. Don't touch me. I'll have your head lopped off." Um, he she's saying that. Um, she will come with them only if he doesn't take her back to Kistrin, which is um, the son of King Ervil of Verden, because she refuses to marry him because she doesn't want to be a princess and isn't going to get married. And it's a secret why she knows that she is not going to get married and be a princess. Yeah, and there was also the fact that um, she was talking about, yeah, they were on the horse going ride and she was like, princesses don't get lost. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which we find out is a, is later on that Siri, this is one of her abilities, is that she always knows which way she has to go, even if that doesn't necessarily mean the direct route. Yes, it was a horse so, that lost its way and her companion. It was not her. Yes, which sounds like a child being just snotty and insisting she didn't lose her way. But of course, yes, Siri cannot lose her way. Um, She's the lady of time magically. Space. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, with all of her sort of attitude, Bran just sort of like, um, sort of butts in that Siri would be, in fact, a very good dryad. <laughs> Which, again, cute if it weren't so horrifying. Here's an interesting mm. thing as well. Um, rather, two interesting things. One, um, like, does, does Bran in the English translation also talk in a kind of... In an accent. <laughs> Not really. Mm, it's... No, just English. There's no indication. Because um, she, she speaks quite... In the Lithuanian translation, she speaks in quite a rustic dialectal way. Oh, like, so she's a trickster. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, which, like, makes sense given that, like, she'll probably be taken from some farmers who live just by the forest. You know? Um, oh, yes. But it's interesting. Um, so that's one thing. And the other is... Um, is Geralt really so dumb he doesn't know who she is? Because she literally says, possible. like, like she, she already gives him, like, as many pieces as she's a princess, she's been sent off to marry Kistrin um, mm -hmm. by her grandma, who's a reigning queen. Not too many of those. Not too many of those. Like, lore-wise, we know there are two. 
Yes. And Maeve is too young to have grandchildren. And she looks an awful lot like Pavetta, who like, was a pretty unique-looking person. I'm gonna be real here and say that, like, if Geralt is really not getting who, like, genuinely not getting who she is, just as Ifni later claims to us that he doesn't know, he's being pretty dumb. <laughs> yes, I mean, he's our poor sweet himbo. He He's not known for putting things together. He's good he at his trade. He's, he's, he's not the Batman. <laughs> he's not good at yeah. doing things. <laughs> he drinks uh, and he does not, not know things. Not <laughs> Correct, he drinks and he doesn't know things. <laughs> 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 he's like the anti Tyrion. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes, in almost every way. <laughs> Inverse Tyrion. Inverse Tyrion. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, so um, they have to stop for the night because it's gotten dark and Siri can't go on and neither can Bran and probably neither can Geralt. Geralt. Um, does Siri? speaking of like um, translation stuff, in the Lithuanian version, does Siri kind of talk like a little kid? Because, like, in the English version, she, she most of the time she talks normally, but then she says things like, I'm offy, offy, hungry, and I froze offy. Okay, so, like, Lefanian doesn't really have that many phrases like that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, she she sounds like a little kid. Like... Yeah. Like, as in, like... They, like, I wrote her a little her lisp on some I words. I tell that's the dialogue of a little kid. Yeah, because in English, they've just given her, like, a little lisp on some words, basically. Like, like, there aren't really words like that in Lefanian that much. Uh-huh. But she's she sounds like a kid, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's quite funny the way it's written in English because she'll go from like I'm going to have your head lopped off to oh no I'm awfully hungry. <laughs> it's <laughs> like quite swiftly. <laughs> either either uh, it sounds either like a little kid or just the west of Scotland first. Oh. <laughs> uh... But yes, they decide to um, to rest for the night, and and this is um, this is quite this is quite sweet. Um, well, actually, yes, this is yeah. So before before we get to the story part, like um, they find out more about Siri that you know, where do your parents live? He's trying to figure out what kingdom she's a princess of, right? And you know, I don't have any parents. So I drowned at sea when I was tiny, um, and so he's he really doesn't know who she is though because he's saying things like, oh, she's a princess, the child of a sea royal couple. Um, she's probably the third daughter following four sons. This means less than that of a Chamberlain or Equerry. Like she doesn't, he doesn't, he does not get the who she is. That she's like the crown princess of. She's the crown princess of. She's the crown princess of Centra. And like, he's like, like, oh, like, well, she's this probably is, like this the... is the level he he's operating on, which is incredible because like. <laughs> do you yeah. really know so little about anything? Yeah. Oh, it probably needs to get her married off before she brings some scandal, being like the third daughter of four sons. It's like, no, Geralt. No. <laughs> My favorite b- b- bit that I really quite like here was when he said that her escape doesn't surprise him, that he frequently met princesses and even queens roaming around with troops of wandering players, happy to have escaped the decrepit king still dire- desirous of an heir. It's like, I get that the North has a lot of petty kingdoms that don't really count for much, but, but like... numerically speaking, really, they Geralt? don't have that many. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah it's not like the british royal family where if you so much as a sneeze on like a royal you end up with 12 cousins also um, yeah i think i think there's an interesting interesting translation thing going on here because like um the the term in, used in lafayette is not queens um okay like it's um well the, okay so it's uh, like duchess or something 
No, no like I mean, for starters, uh, the term the term used to refer to Siri is a word that means depending on context. Um, like it doesn't translate really well, but it depending depending on context means either either um, either the daughter of a duke or um, like princess, but in the daughter of a sovereign prince kind of sense. Um, right, not what Siri actually is, which is like the crown princess of. No, no, no. Um, how do you put this? Um, this is because of like different feudal practices in Western and Eastern Europe. Because okay, do you guys know how like the Russian imperial family had tons of grand dukes and stuff that were just named that? Yeah. And you know, like they they were literally people like, for instance, the crown prince. Like. Right. Um. But it was never specified of what they were just called, you know, Grand Duke Alexander or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's that. Like, like the like the term used for city is the term that like would translate from Russian as that term. Right. Like Archduchess, if you will. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> to 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 make reference to like a very famous person with that yes. sort of title. Yes. Missing people. Um, like well. um and and then it and then it says you know like like when when he when he's talking about like you know royals he's seen, seen kicking about he means he's saying um like like um I mean the best the best way to translate it in a way that like would be understandable is basically that he he's se- seen both princesses that are somehow related to the family to the ro- to the royal family and mm-hmm. crown princesses right okay right he's not saying Which... queens though. Rich. So for English shorthand, probably would have been better to say, like princesses and duchesses or something, but yeah, because we think. But but crown he's trying to say princesses and crown princesses. Yes, gotcha. Like that. That is, after like a lot a log detour into unrelated <laughs> stuff. That is what he's basically saying here. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that is still interesting because that still means that there 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 was somewhere elsewhere. A crowd princess kicking about. Oh wait, no, that was Renfrew. That was Renfrew. Yeah, I was about to say he's he does actually run into a lot of princesses who have problems and have <laughs> are either running around or are turned into monsters or he runs into a lot of princesses with a lot of problems. Yeah, that's kind of his job. Yeah, <laughs> but um, he refers to Siri as an orphan and she takes offense at this because you know she's a princess, not an orphan, and she has a grandmama, so she's not an orphan. Though, and you know what's I, also fun is that like in this same paragraph. It's all. It's also. It, it, he also describes a scenario where princes also run, run away because they yes they don't want to get married too early. Yeah. While yes. this is this is a real social problem in the northern realms. Hey, forced marriage is terrible. <laughs> no, I mean sure, but you know what else is poverty. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like you know, like. In, Marry your daughter off to get out of poverty is it dope? Like, look, <laughs> let me be very clear here. If I was a prince, and my options were run away and become a pariah, and possibly a danger to my father, and therefore, you know, like a threat that needs to be disposed of, or marry not for love, I'm not gonna lie. I think I would take the second. <laughs> I mean, fair. It's not like you can't just fuck around on them anyway. That's what royals do. That's what they do, right? Like that is just a thing. <laughs> Yes. Frankly, usually they agree that they both will. So, you know. Yes. <laughs> it's a political marriage, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Siri, again, having taken offence to being called an orphan, 
threatens to lop Geralt's head off once again. <laughs> Not for the first or last time. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's a violent kid, so she is. I love this line <laughs> where she asks if he's afraid and he says dreadfully, you know, Siri, you can die from having your head cut off. <laughs> By the way, uh, here's a here's a fascinating thing. She then tells him that she's been told that she's been promised to someone according to the law of surprise, and Geralt yeah. still doesn't get it. Yeah, she's like, I can't be a princess, I can't get married because I'm destined. And my mama was a witch, so you better watch your step, and my papa was enchanted, and he still doesn't get it. He is so dumb. <laughs> Like, sorry, but, like, at that point, I don't care, like, you know, what other bits of world building got added only later. There is only one person like that in the universe. (laughs) I think think we're supposed to accept that he has it so drilled into his head that the child of surprise will be a boy because it has to be a witcher that he just can't get his head around to being a girl. And... And indeed, there are, like, other things in the next short story that um, we'll see kind of confirm that a little bit. Um, yes. But well done doing a sexism, Geralt. <laughs> Wait a second. Is this before or after the next short story? Well, this short the story part where is before the next short before, story. But, 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 is it the, but there's the bit where he goes and talks. That is a flashback. To Kalanthi, and that's a flashback. Is that before or after this? The flashback is before this. Then he's an idiot, because he knows it's a girl. Oh yeah, no, she openly says it. Yeah. Uh, he's a fool. Like, you know, like, th- this because he does turn right? up there. Like, he dealing, does turn up there and we're say... We're dealing with an idiot here. Yeah, because he does turn up there and say, like... He's got a lot oh, on. Oh yeah, I'm here for I'm here to see about <laughs> Kalanthi's son, and then she's like, haha, son. Like, she, she, he, like, he knows. It's not... Like it is, yeah. it is incredible though, because like where he, 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 like Geralt is sitting here in Broccolon, listening, listening to all of this, and just like you know, like his brain is empty. He's going no thoughts, you know. There are <laughs> yeah, smooth brain, no thoughts. Ah yes, yet another, yet another distant scion of a royal family line, destined yes. for someone by the law of surprise. Uh, her mother was a witch, and her father was cursed. Yes. This happens every day. I mean, who the fuck knows, man? This is a very weird world. I mean, I know he's half falling asleep, but he's, like, knowing Geralt, he's even having some dumbass monologue inside his head where he's going, (laughs) ah, yes, it's a real social problem these days, all these curses on princes. This reminds me of that time I saved a man from a curse who then had a daughter who happened so to be a child of surprise. That just keeps happening everywhere. <laughs> and, and I'm totally not, not and, and you know, Verdun is totally not literally across the river from Sintra. Yeah. Oh, Geralt, I love you, but you're not. Like, like the best thing, the best thing to remember is the geography. He's not far from Sintra. Yeah. Like, Verdun uh-huh. and Sintra are separated by a river. Yes. Like, and he's still he's still sitting here in Broccolon, just going like, ah, yeah, fascinating. All these this lost... Sounds yes. familiar. <laughs> All these lost scions of royal lines. How unfortunate. What an unfortunate fate. Indeed. What an unfortunate so night for a curse. Him. Yes. <laughs> 
So speaking of him being half asleep, he's trying to get to sleep and Siri's demanding a bedtime story. And this is just like, so much of the story is just so soft and sweet. Um, so he starts telling a story about a cat and I assume the fox is Renard. So he starts telling a story about a cat and a fox and, and the king going hunting and the, the cat escaping because instead of overthinking things, it just ran straight up a tree and kept itself safe and was able to, to walk away at the end. And Siri gets mad because this story doesn't have a moral uh, and Bran tells her that well, this story does have a good moral, which is that you need to scurry up a tree and survive and not think. <laughs> so, um, okay, so that's that's an interesting, like maybe a translation thing because um, yeah, the the Lafayette translation of what Brian says um, feels to be that like it's not even she's not even saying that that's the moral because mm-hmm. okay, I'm just gonna read it out. Yeah, um, like the this one was good. The dryad said. And that means that it had everything it actually needs to have. You too, kid, needed to just jump into the tree from the Ehern. Like, like that tree. Without thinking, just up into the tree. Like, that is the that is the entire trick to survive to not give in. Like, which, like, um, I didn't, I didn't, I literally, like, none of those times that I read this, like, I thought that, like, that that is basically also her saying, well, that is basically the moral. But yeah, kind of. It like, is immoral. Yeah, don't overthink things. Yeah. In English it says, you know, what about the moral, Siri asked. Sales always have a moral, don't they? Hey, Brienne says, hugging Geralt even harder. Because, of course, we've missed out the part where dryads apparently cuddle at night. It's very sweet. Um, Brienne said, hugging Geralt even harder. What's a moral? A good story has a moral and a bad one doesn't, Siri sniffed with conviction. That was a good one, the dryad yawned. So it has what it ought to have. You mop it. Should have scurried up the tree from the Ehern like uh, the Kenny Tomcat, not pondered, but scurried up the tree without a thought. So yeah, it's basically the same. It's just it's right after Siri asking about the moral. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we also missed yeah. that Geralt is throughout all of this calling Siri Moppet, which is interesting because I can't recall pet names being a big thing for Geralt. <laughs> well, it's Brienne calling her Moppet. Oh, is it Brienne? It? I think it's which both is of them. even weirder because she's like she's a dryad. You know, like she's. She's a dryad, but she's not really a dryad. She speaks common and mm. is sort of was human until she was ten. And it, like I think this part of this story is Bran slowly remembering being human. Like you know, okay. she's still I, I you know, laying there cuddling being read a story. Doing an English speaker overthinking because at least in the Lothian, mm-hmm. pet names sound a lot more like a casual thing you just say to people, especially to a kid. <laughs> they, they are and they aren't. It's kind of notable. I mean, Moppet is happens, a weird but... one. But I, but yeah. I really mm-hmm. do ascribe that to basically the translator knowing no good terms of endearment in English and going through mm-hmm. a thesaurus <laughs> and finding that. Um, like, Isn't Moppet what the translator also has Dandelion call? Um... No, that's Poppet. Oh, it's Poppet. Sorry. Which also is not a good term right. of endearment. <laughs> These are not good terms of endearment. And this is why I think they were, they were designed with a thesaurus. Fair. Like... Because, they sound old-timey, though, which uh, is what, probably what they what, were going what, for. Um, uh, Brienne calls Ciri in the Lithuanian is kind of untranslatable. It's like, like, little jumpy thing. <laughs> yeah, That's like, one like a little flea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's cute, though. That suits Ciri. <laughs> well, yeah, right? Like, 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 but, like, this is the thing. English is not a good language for these things. Yes, no, English isn't full of endearments. So, yeah, so the, the, you know, Geralt starts teasing Ciri that she should have gone and hit up a tree in, in, uh, the Brienne castle does. in Astrog but... instead of uh, oh sorry oh no yeah sorry girl that... does yeah yeah sorry yeah, yeah. so it's, it's just all very cute 
Um, oh, and Siri says Siri gets mad that Geralt's mocking her and says, "I can't stand you." And Geralt's—he's just so playful and sweet. It's dreadful, Siri. You've stabbed me in the very heart. Like, like it's even better than Lufainen because she literally, she literally goes, "You like, are you making fun of me?" Yes. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I love his response to that dreadful Siri. You've stabbed me in the very heart, and she says, "I know." <laughs> Uh, this whole sequence is just so sweet and funny. Yeah. I wish they'd... It just makes me wish they'd had more time together. Ugh. Geralt. Yeah, so eventually they um they put the blindfold on Geralt, but not on Ciri as they approach Duan Canal. And Ciri um, guides him through as he's stumbling over roots. But when they arrive, she actually figures out the significance of him being blindfolded but her not being yes which i think is, is again like is really great character development for siri like she's like little little kid and quite sheltered and like she's clever enough to to recognize that something not great is happening here um i really liked the um description of of Duin canal um you know Duin canal the place of the oak the heart of brocolon a basin enclosed by the crowns of mighty green trees bathed in fog and mist rising from the earth the rocks and the hot springs um just the idea of just like this sort of like enclosed tree covered space full of mist and hot springs and like i just, I just thought it was a really lovely like very short but like quite evocative description mm-hmm, the little houses that are made of living wood um just a little more dryad lore that they they won't harm a tree by chopping or sawing it um and as they, they approach, we they go into one of the little houses and find out that Frexinet has survived and he's there. Yes, I think that he's described as a bear by one of the dryads. Um, that bear <laughs> with you. Which, you know, given Geralt's a hunk, it makes sense, I suppose. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Frexinet's pleased that Ciri's alive, but also very annoyed that she's the reason he's gotten dragged in here. Um, there is a very disturbing line here when he kind of starts kind of telling Siri off. I don't know if you guys clocked this, but like, you know, uh, you know, you little wretch Ervil's beside himself. He's sending out word, terrified your grandmother's army is marching on him. Who will believe you volt? Who will believe you bolted? Everyone knows what Ervil's like and what his pleasures are. Everyone thinks he did something to you in his cups and then had you drowned in the fish pond. Yeah, it's a bit warped, isn't it? Um... Yeah. Just a casual, you know, sidetrack into the horror of this fucking universe. And that's just something you, you yell at a, a like, ten-year-old child. Mm-hmm. He, he does posit it as well as a potential reason that um, they might go to war with Sintra and stuff like that, as you say, which is interesting given what we know happens to Sintra eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still a couple of years <laughs> off, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah. To be fair, there is one thing we know for sure about Kalanthi is that she will fight a war to keep Siri and keep Siri safe. So, mm. um, it, w- yeah. it would not surprise me that she would burn kingdoms if someone had touched a hair on her head. Yeah, and Frexen is um, complaining about I the mean, medicine that he's having like, to drink. Let, let's be fair to most monarchs. They they probably would march if like if like their 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 actual granddaughter and the heir to the throne got murdered. Yes, it's within their yes. rights, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah. Frexinet sort of complains about what they've made him drink, but obviously it's been healing 
things. Um, and, you know, he's alive after being shot through the lung. So good job, Dryads. And we find out a bit more about uh, Frexinet. Um, this is so... actually, like, a really nice thing. I, I feel like we're... Uh, despite Frexen being kind of such a minor character in this story, um, yeah. he's given a backstory where he knows Geralt because Geralt cured him of a curse. Yes, and it's basically the wild swans. Yeah, he was a cormorant. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah. like, but it's the the fairy tale, the wild swans. Yeah, yeah, like, except they made up twelve brothers for him. Yes. Like. Yes. Yeah. 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 He says like the rest of it was all made up. He does. He does really have a sister named Eliza, which is the name of the the, the sister in the Wild Swans. Uh, but instead of it being her being like this good and dedicated sister who saves him by making nettle shirts, it's more like she's been sort of tricked into it by like all these Quacks. Know, fake local soothsayers, and uh, she's a bit of an idiot. Um, like. Yeah, and is, he still is, loves it, fish. It is really cool <laughs> yes. though, because like it gives off. It, like, really casually gives off a real impression of, like... What's the word? It's, like, evidence of Geralt's tenure. Yes. <laughs> like, that like that, that he runs into people, like, um, around the Northern Realms who know him because he's already done something for them. Yes. He's a tradesman, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's just a well-reviewed five-star very helpful bit of writing <laughs> that way, because, like... Yes. You, you know that, like... Like it actually, it actually sort of indirectly reaffirms the chronology of this, and that you know that this short story is quite late in his life. Yes, yes, because he's been around a while and he's done all of these things, and yes. Because like, because like, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, you know, for instance, like in the in the in, a, in among other other things, the Blaviken sh- short story, it still it still kind of feels like like there is a little bit of like youth and naivety still kicking about in his head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't tell if, like, I actually feel like this or if, the, if this is, like, the TV series poisoning me. But I don't know. I always <laughs> felt that, like, because Blaviken is a story about such a, you know, like, or a, I should stop calling it Blaviken and just call it, you know, the lesser evil. Because the lesser evil is, is a story about such a formative experience. Um, like, about one that basically kind of defines how he looks at a lot of life. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's a very dramatic instance of he tried to not get involved he ended up being involved anyway um, but people despite him pro- probably having saved them hate him for it now mm-hmm. um, there, there is still go- something going on there of a of a, th- that's, that's where like the last of his idealism died you know Yeah. Um, whereas here you already deal with a Geralt who's you know what maybe 60 years old i don't know the timeline I, I, yeah i wouldn't put a guess on his age at all at this stage i'm i'm mm-hmm. estimating from how old he sounds really <laughs> um what i think is interesting is i think this might be where Ciri's starting to put things together because this is where frexidat you know yeah says, she realizes you know, he's a witcher don't you know he's a witcher don't you know he's a witcher the famous uh, you know famous Geralt. Um, how is a little tyke supposed to, you know, supposed to know what a witcher is? You've probably never seen a witcher before. And this is where, like, Siri shook her head slowly, not taking her eyes off Geralt. This seems to be where she's putting two and two together. Because she knows she's promised to a witcher, I mean, right? this is, this is fucking incredible. Because, like, you know, Siri knows. This, yeah. this, like, ten-year-old kid knows. Yes. <laughs> like, Geralt, like a fool, is just sitting there going, like, hmm, yeah, 
distant signs, yep. royal lines, kicking about everywhere. Yes. Taking taking yes. good vagrant jobs from decent people. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where she realizes that she wasn't blindfolded as well, and that um that that means that they wanted to make sure Geralt didn't know how to get back there, but they're not worried about her knowing how to get back there, and she's she's putting together what's going on with her destiny, but also what's going on there. And of course this is this is Aithna having having entered the scene, right? So Siri is sort of taken away by Brienne and um, Aithna and Geralt and Frexident have a little conversation. Um, yes, so first we have to deal with why Geralt is there in the first place, because he wasn't there to, 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 to save Frexident and Siri. He was there to bring a message from King Venslav about working out um, a peace between his kingdom and Brokolon. And Aethna just has just no interest whatsoever. Yeah, basically the king wants to create a tiny little reserve and leave all of the dryads there uh, just for strategic reasons so he can take a bit of land and take some wood and the gold under the rock and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously the dryads are like, well, no, <laughs> we fought and died for this. We're not just giving it up on the request of some stupid king. And uh, yeah. yeah. All rather. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's interesting because I mean, Geralt seems to think that it's a reasonable proposition, tries to convince her of it, but she's she's just adamant that it's it's not happening, and uh, she sort of changes the subject quite abruptly uh, and asks Frexinet if he has any children, and he's he's you know like oh I'm not married. And she's like no like like do you have like any children? Are you going to be of any use for breeding? Basically, and Geralt kind of has to explain dryad mating practices. Yeah, to to um to uh Frexinet and how not to offend them and he is going to stay there and father a bunch of children for them. He's gonna be a stud. Um, yeah, that's the exact term yeah. that he uses. Which he seems at first to think this is kind of interesting until Geralt sort of explains that like No. This is not gonna be not. a great time for you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like if you touch uh, them they'll probably try and kill you. So just sort of Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um so yeah, this is sort of another bit where we get sort of the hint that Geralt's had a relationship with a dryad before as well. Because, um, you know, he explains the whole um, dryad reproductive practices to Frexinet. And Frexinet says, you're familiar with their mating habits. Has it ever befallen you? And says, the witcher did not reply. Before his eyes was the beautiful slender dryad with her impudent smile. And it says in, in, in Elder, a witcher, damn it. Why did you bring him here, Brienne? What do you see to us? No benefit from a witcher, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're de- debating the nature of what to do with, well, Frexinet and also um Siri, what's to become of her? Well, Brexinet's been figured out. He'll be he'll be a he'll be a stud. Yeah. Yes, he'll be a stud and it's there's not even so much a debate. He's like and you know, because Frexinet acts like what about Princess Cirilla and Geralt's just like forget about her. She's gonna be a dryad in two or three years, she'd shoot you straight through the eye. Like, yeah. she's lost. It's done. Nothing I can do. Um so then um Geralt heads over to Ethna's uh tree and um, tries to convince her once again about um, about this um, this treaty that um, she's rejecting 
outright and also tries to convince her to give him Siri because Siri's not just some you know random lost girl she's a princess this will mean war you can't just you can't just take her um and she basically tells Geralt off like I like I know you and I respect you like I know you've never harmed a dryad Rosalka Silver Nymph um but this changes nothing too much divides us we belong to different worlds I neither want nor am able to make exceptions so like he's she's just like she's just not here to listen to anything that he has to say and then basically when he begs he's almost at the point of wanting to beg her to give Siri back um and yeah don't um, convert her in front of me at least um yeah that's a little bit later but she she says you know I won't give her back and I think there's um he's basically trying to tell her off for stealing girls right and then she throws this back at him with like and she's like he still doesn't put two and two together she's sitting there holding Siri saying like I'm not going to give her back and like you don't get to tell me off you know tidings you know certain tidings from the world reach Brokolon tidings about a certain witcher who for services rendered occasionally demands curious vows you will give me that which you do not expect to find at home you'll give me that what you already have but do not know does that sound familiar um so like she's even bringing this up and he's still not he is such a moron like (laughs) but then she's like she says you know you are trying to direct fate uh, you're seeking boys designated by fate to be your successors, wishing to protect yourself from extinction and oblivion, from nihilism. Why then are you surprised at me? I care for the fate of the dryads. Surely that is just a young human girl for each dryad killed by humans. Um, though I think what's really interesting is, like, she says, you know, that Siri is rare because she's healthy. Um, so, like, she says, you know, that people abandon sick girls with her, girls with diphtheria, scarlet fever, croup even smallpox because they think she's not immune. So they're trying to do like a biological warfare. But at the same time, I mean, if sometimes they're kidnapping girls, but sometimes they're just taking in sick girls and presumably healing them with the waters of Brokolon while they also turn them into dryads. So that's not like the worst, right? Like they're definitely going to die of those diseases otherwise. It's yeah. yeah it's, you know, it's the old it's, drill it's tweet. True. It's impossible um, to know if it's good or not. As far as Tamil tigers, uh, XPs go, this is a fairly benevolent one. <laughs> like yes child uh, soldiers yes but on the other hand some of they them they were gonna like, die you know, are basically box. left to become child soldiers so as as Bag says it's impossible to say if it's good or bad <laughs> well because yeah they were either going to die of smallpox or starve to death and were actually being yeah. used as weapons of genocide against them so now they're just going to be to be used as you know like 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 um uh, the, the weapons the other way around for instance like when they when they talk about massacring a village that sits in a sits in a place where Brocklon existed a hundred years ago um yeah so this is why Geralt thinks this is a, the proposal from Venslav is reasonable because what Venslav really wants is the the places that are already settled um and Aethna says no everything that ever was Brocklon is Brocklon which like to be to be fair to her, I do see her perspective because like, I mean, Vedslab is only one guy, right? Like he like don't get me wrong, he sounds great, but if you're gonna if you're gonna fucking cede some land now, then like, you know, that's that's uh, what where his successors gonna do? They're they're going to want to cut even more forests down, and you know you you get into mm-hmm. you you basically open the Pandora's box of surrendering a little bit. Yeah. But what Geralt points out um, is that, like, he looks around and he doesn't see a lot of pure-blood dryads among her sort of people anymore. 
and that yes you're taking like one child you're kidnapping a child for every one of your dryads killed but you know like what what good is that I mean, th- there's are... there's a hot take in there somewhere about how they're being awfully impractical about it because, like, I mean, okay, not yeah. to endorse this entire like broccolon slash everything else dynamic, which is toxic on both sides, but um, um, hot take, mass murder is toxic. Um, <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> um, but 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 like you know, uh, arguably, right? Surely, surely. If if Ifna was being smart about this, um, they should kidnap all the men, or at least all the all the fertile men, from these villages that they burned down. <laughs> like you know, because clearly they're in need of studs. So you might as well have like you know, you know, like like a larger number to go around if you're gonna wage this weird. Yeah, you can't have your whole army like off on maternity leave either. No, you can't. But like, <laughs> but, like you can't just face on it, you know. That's <laughs> They're just gonna do it in shifts. <laughs> like, I don't think they're gonna go Irish twins about like it. He's that like good at things, like by how he talks about it. <laughs> like you don't have to be good at it. No, I like, don't. It... But like, but I'm just saying, like you know, like I don't. I I think I think they're not exploiting the situation strategically right at no. all. Well, Krogans have, like, in Mass Effect, Krogans have, like, the female camps, with, which are guarded by, you know, males, because they have all their fertile females locked up there, so there's no reason why the Dryads couldn't do the thing and just have, like, a no, harem. No, exactly, just have, just have camps men. of, like, locked up ma- uh, human men, yeah. I do have to say, what a burn on Frexidet is it when Geralt's trying to, like, say how bad the whole situation is, and is, like... Oh, we're so close to each other after all. Men can be the fathers of your children, and what will you gain through this war you're waging? The potential fathers of your children are perishing from your arrows. And what is the result? You even have to make use of Frexinet. Burn. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> but this is what I mean, right? Like they have to they end up having to make use of Frexinet. Like They could like, get some, surely, you know, strapping twenty five year old dudes. You know, like like plenty dudes in those yeah. villages you sacked. Yeah. <laughs> so you're 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 saying instead of war to the death, they should just uh, do kidnapping and mass rape? Is this what um, you're suggesting? Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not they saying they should, should do it. But <laughs> you're not saying they shouldn't either. I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying it. Don't twist my words. I'm just as I said. Yeah, this I'm is not a death before dishonor situation. This entire dynamic to start with. <laughs> Like, How much dishonor before you know death becomes preferable? As you know, Eddie is our I, I personally, I per my my hot take is that this situation could be really easily resolved if the dryads consensually went into some villages and like you know banged the shit out of some men. Like you know because I mean, they like, seem I like mean, they're probably pretty hot. It's so. not like there wouldn't be people who want to do it. If there's anything we know about humans, they will shag anything that moves. They're horny so. as shit, like, all the time. Like, <laughs> that's literally why the humans in this universe are, like, dominant, is because all the other species are super precious <laughs> about reproduction, and humans just <laughs> bone left, right, and centre. They're literally maybe, out Maybe the everyone other else. species should just start boning more. That's, that's my take. <laughs> like, I'm sorry to, to hear about, about all, all, all those, like, being driven off your land and so on and so on, but... This this would be much less a problem if you were less precious about breathing. Well, quite. 
On that note. So, Geralt, <laughs> yeah, so Geralt makes one last ditch attempt to be like, well, if you won't do anything to protect your lands, like, maybe you should just give me Ciri back because she was supposed to marry the Kistrin who will one day be the heir to Ervil, and maybe her that you call the child of the Elder Blood and you seem to like and would be a good dryad would do a good job of influencing him to not be a terrible king and stop invading your lands. Give me the kid back. And of course, Siri just starts yelling about how she doesn't want to marry Kistrin, so this isn't really helping. Siri, <laughs> um, please let him help you. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm not going to be a princess. And of course, Ithna's like, shh, of course you're not going to be a princess. Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, I love Siri. She's great. Um, but basically, um, Ithna, Ithna knows what's up, though. Like, Ithna's not really trying to make her into a dryad because Aethna knows what's up. So she's she says to, to Geralt, you know... Aethna is basically kind of just torturing Geralt. Yeah, so she's saying to Geralt, like, you're trying to tell me that, like, we're, like, destined to decline if we don't make some sort of deal. Like, um, Look, how do you know whose destiny is destruction and whose is eternity? Who, what entitles you to speak of destiny? Do you actually know what it is? And he says, I don't. And she says, well, if you don't, there's no place for any but. You don't know. And, like, this child does know what destiny is. And, you know, you didn't know what it was. And this is where we find out about Moran. You know, Moran, my daughter, uh, Moran is dead. Um, and, you know, and today, you, Witcher, who could not give Moran a child, bring this child of the Elder Blood to me. I'm, I, I'm, I'm suddenly seeing like a very logical basis for Ifna and Venslav's deal, by the way. Land for men, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just trade. trade. Um, you can have the bits that are already inhabited if the men that live there come on over here. You know, to, to shag dryads. Like, they will yeah. probably want to anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's it's mentioned in the last wish, hot. like, in one of the interstitial bits that, like, I think, like, that, like, that, like, um... Uh, Geralt keeps getting requests to basically kidnap monster women, like, like dyads uh, and serpents yes, and like, true. and dryads. Yeah. Well, so I don't know. Maybe they should all just like you know think like this like, entire this practical can... situation. Well, indeed. So, basically. Ethan says to Geralt that you know because he doesn't know what destiny is, she's going to to show him what it is and um she basically says to Siri to repeat to her what she told Aithna before Geralt came in and Siri says that you know don't keep me here I can't I want to go home I want to go home with Geralt I must go with him because he is my fate Geralt still being an idiot um and Aithna is going to make Siri drink the waters of Brokilon which is supposed to be sort of the first step of like wiping their memory her memory and turning her into a dryad and um of course she gets brienne to bring the waters to her and brienne of course has gone through this process and yeah as you say Geralt doesn't want to stay and watch because it's a terrible process that he's seen before but um this whole process um is both quite traumatizing for siri who wants him to stay and also for brienne the prospect of seeing this again um, actually brings up her human memories. Yeah, she remembers her and name. She remembers her human name. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's one of the things that Carol thinks is the most horrible thing that Aethon is making him watch, is to have, see Ciri have her memories wiped and become a dryad at the hands of another girl who had the same thing happen to her. It's a bit warped. It is a bit warped. So Ciri begs Geralt to stay, to not leave her by herself, and so he says he will stay until the end. Until, yeah. Yeah. 
<sighs> and of course, this is where we get the title of the story. Um, the goblet is where the words, the sword of destiny has two blades. You are one of them kind of engraved on it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. a bit on the nose. Yes. Um, and so Siri drinks the waters and basically nothing happens. She gets a little flushed and hyperventilates a bit, but then just says, I want to follow my destiny. Yeah, and Geralt's like, oh, you, you didn't feed her the water, did yeah. you? He's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you're just, yeah, oh, Geralt she tries did this all for my benefit. On, the having been, on her having been fed the water. And, yeah, uh... <laughs> and I think it's like, uh, I think it's pretty pissed off at this. It's like, really, that's who you think I am? Really? Um, I mean, to be totally honest, I can't even really blame him because, like, she's kind of been a dick to him, so... Yeah. And it's kind of unbelievable, yeah. <laughs> like, given everything he knows... That that yeah. would in the nicest way possible she's not a very reliable person <laughs> yes yeah but um so to, to call her bluff Geralt drinks the waters and fully trips out he goes from saying oh I'm completely immune to the toxic tan- hallucinogenic tannins drinks the water and completely trips out you feel that yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes so he um he he hallucinates you know his memories of of um the 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 night in in Sintra saying I'll return in six years he yes hallucinates uh Yennefer at Beltane which is important to the next story uh Beltane even sorry it just translates as Beltane in the version I've got and he's keeps trying to say there is no destiny there is none none it doesn't exist the only thing that everyone is destined for is death and the woman with the mousy hair, I guess that's Pavetta? I guess he's hallucinating Pavetta? I guess or so. Or is that Calanthe? She also has mousy hair in the in the books. Oh, I guess it's... I actually think it's Calanthe, actually. Sorry. Because it says she's wearing silver suit I, I of think, armor. I think it's Calanthe. Calanthe, yeah. So, yes. Oh, he just said, it says Calanthe on the next page, actually. And then... She's Aithna wearing bloody armor as well, which is great, because yeah. that's in the, in the TV series. Yes. Precisely. Yeah, they, Lauren is so great. Um, yeah, so she, he hallucinates Calanthe saying, you sneer at destiny, you sneer at it, trifle with it. The sword of destiny has two blades. You are one of them. And the second is death. But is it we who die, die because of, it is we who die, die because of you. Death cannot, cannot catch up with you. So it must settle for us. Death dogs your footsteps, white wolf, but others die because of you. Do you remember me? This, uh, a really weird thing happens just after that where mm-hmm. if this says you can still save him you can save him uh child of the elder blood before he's immersed himself in the no- into non-existence his beloved non-existence in the unending black forest um and and siri seems to do something that basically saves his life yeah it's not really clear but she seems to do something that like basically rescues him from yeah tripping himself to death yeah i know she like sort of like he sees her her green eyes and that seems to sort of pull him out of whatever this is because of whatever it is very fascinating that he that he seems basically enthusiastic about dying as well not gonna lie i mean that's our Geralt. like (laughs) Geralt, you've not even gotten into the worst part yet it's not even time of contempt. Oh, it's not even baptism of fire. Sintra hasn't on, even man. been sacked yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the pretty rosy still uh, ahead of you, my dude. Don't worry. Yes. <laughs> uh, Lots of pain but, to um, come. 
so so he so he wakes up and he finally knows who Siri is and says, you know, you were enjoying yourself at my expense. You know, you're Pavetta, the granddaughter of Calanthe of Sintra, and you knew who I was from the very beginning, didn't you? And she says, no, not from the beginning. So, like, she kind of figured it out when they got, when we sort of figured out, she figured it out. Um, and then they sort of recount the story of, of, of the night that it is It is completely insane that you that. Yeah, it is completely insane. I know I Siri figured it out this, but it's so dumb. Ago, but, yeah. Like, I, I, I actually... So my hot take is that, like, I actually think Sapek is trying to say tell us something here, because mm-hmm. he's a smart writer. He knows how, like, implausible it would be for Geralt to only realize now, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if all else were equal. Um, yeah. But do you think that, like, he's basically been trying to really aggressively suppress the memory of when... I think so. Yeah. Like... I think he does not want to have this responsibility, and so he is aggressively choosing not to understand. Yeah. Like, he, he's yeah. been in denial this whole short story until yes. now. I think that's probably a sensible reading of it. Yeah. And so they decide to 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 leave the forest. Um, he recognizes that Siri can sense direction. She seems to just know how to get to the road. Um, but then he doesn't listen to her when she says, no, we can't go that way. It's a bad road. It's a bad road. He's even though he's clearly just recognized that she's capable of sensing direction, he doesn't quite understand that she knows where she needs to go as opposed to knows where the road is, sort of thing. Um, so she she's trying to tell him it's a bad road, and as it turns out, that there are um, some of I believe they're Irville's men uh, ambushing merchants and killing them, making it look like it was done by the Dryads to justify a war against the Dryads. And so he ends up fighting them, and. Um, Mona slash Brian helps from the woods and then uh, as they've finished killing all of these nasty horrible people uh, Mouse Sack turns up Yay, our boy Mouse Sack Our boy Mouse Sack uh, And Sirius run up a tree just like the Tomcat Yes <laughs> Yeah, and, and yes. Sirius up a tree um, yes. which is what the foreshadowing <laughs> was all about Yes <laughs> Um, and so they talk her down from the tree and um, they decide it's not a problem that she's run away from Irville because this little incident is going to ruin his reputation anyway and Calanthe has also decided against the alliance um, but Mousehack insists that Geralt must return to Sintra with him and he's willing to stick his neck out to make sure that Calanthe agrees for Geralt to take Ciri away and he refuses because uh, he's like well like, what am I going to do? Turn her into a witcher? Like, she's a princess. This isn't... I'm not I'm, I'm not taking her with me. Um, well, I mean, like, and also, this is like, you know, like, 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 I think Mousak is being needlessly idealistic about the concept of what is basically kidnapping. Right, but, like, there is this line, this set of lines from Mousak that I think is probably, like, my one of my favourite bits of writing in, like, these short stories, was when Geralt sort of says, like, well, what am I going to do? Turn her into a witcher? He says, uh, to hell with witchering. What are you talking about? What has one to do with the other? No, Geralt, I see that you understand nothing. I have, I have, so I shall have to use simple words. Listen, any fool, including you, may demand a vow, may exact a promise. 
or may yeah may exact a promise and will not become remarkable because of it it is the child who is extraordinary and the bond which comes into being when the child is born is extraordinary need i be more clear very well Geralt. from the moment siri was born what you wanted and what you planned to do ceased to matter and what you don't want and what you mean to give up doesn't make any difference either you don't bloody matter do you understand i just love that yeah like, no, I mean, yeah. it is cool. And it, like, don't get me wrong, I yeah. understand why Reisak finds this very important. As it turns out to be. Mm-hmm. Like, but, um... It, <laughs> like, from a basic human moral standpoint, imagine mm-hmm. if Mausak goes back to Sintra and says to Kalanfe, by the way, I gave away your kid. Sorry, your <laughs> grandkid. Well, he's not expecting Geralt to take Siri now. He's asking Geralt to come back to Sintra and work it out with him. Oh yeah, so it does. But still, like, yeah, like even though Geralt was told explicitly never come back here. Oh, that that <laughs> didn't happen in the books. No, in in the books, Calanthe's actually quite pleasant to him after they have the. Oh little, right, you are. Yeah. Back and forth. yeah, yeah. Fucking like, intertextuality. Yeah. I mean, fucking <laughs> <laughs> look. Point is, still, like, at the end of the day, uh, like, I think that, like, something, like, is, like, consistently forgotten here is that to most people, <laughs> witchers and their stupid fucking about with the with the law of surprise, regardless of whether Geralt was going to turn Sid into a witcher or not, mm-hmm. basically mostly imply kidnapping their kids. <laughs> yes. And nobody really fully engages with the fact that this is actually sort of a legitimate criticism. It is a legitimate criticism, but this is a completely deterministic universe where destiny is real and most people seem to understand that. Eh. And like the point the point that Mosak is making here understand it. And, you know, people who exist around people who do magic and get sort of Yeah, but like on a very mythological level. Like most people like and we do see this consistently see it as people stealing their kids that's true um but i mean mausak is right when he says that like you know it's hazardous to trifle with two-edged swords don't trifle with it um turn what connects you into siri into a normal healthy bond of a child with its guardian for if you do not that bond may manifest differently more terribly in a negative and destructive way and i mean he's right (laughs) that is what happens yes i mean it's it's true like the fact that Geralt doesn't take siri actually kind of dooms kalanthi so Yes. I mean, well, it's debatable, but it probably dooms Kalanthi. Yeah, and like, that's kind of what Kalanthi says in his hallucination, right? It was like, because death can't catch up with you, it's taking all of us in, in your place. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, I mean, kidnapping or not, one of the things that he says, um, you know, back in in the story where he takes the... the, the makes them, you know, give him the law of surprise, is that, you know, children of surprise, the, the other thing is, is if they're truly destined and truly a child of surprise, they will want to go with the person who they're destined for. And I mean, we see this with Siri in the end here, where she's like screaming for him not to go and not to leave her and that she's his destiny and you can't run away from me. Like, I don't know. I'm just basically saying that I completely see why Geralt is reacting to the entire thing with, yeah, okay, but like the kid should be with her grandmother. Yeah, then at least he should be going back to Sintra and staying with her. Yeah, but basically, the, you see, that would require Geralt, like, getting over his entire fear of, like, being around people. Yes. And, and that's too much, though. He would rather doom an entire kingdom for it. 
Um, yes, because, like, he is basically being told by Mousesack here, like, if you don't do something about this, there will be terrible consequences. Please just come to Centro with me. Yeah, I mean, He's yes. like, yeah, like, I'll take but, the terrible consequences. He's not wrong. Dealing with the person <laughs> who, who is so, you know, like, fucking depressed in the literal sense that... Yeah. I mean, remember when he basically just ran away from Yennefer? Yes. He would have run yes. away from Sintra. It's true. I mean, well, really, what actually would have happened is the Null of Guardians would have attacked, and he would have, he would have been there to, like, probably rescue not just City, but possibly Calamity. But, like... Yes. But... Uh, if that wasn't at play, then, like, we, we all know that, like, it's hard for Geralt to commit to not thinking that, like, everything will end in disaster. Yeah, and, like, I understand that on another level, too, because, I mean, like, you know, just, like, on a human level, often people with fucked up childhoods end up being really nervous about having children. Um, and this isn't just, like, oh, she's destined for you. It's, like, this kid has formed an instant bond with him. Like, when he says to Mousak, how do you know Siri would want to go with me because of some old prophecies? And he says, Mousak says no, because she only fell asleep after you cuddled her, because she mutters your name and searches for your hand in her sleep. And this is where Geralt's just like, enough, because I'm liable to get emotional, farewell. Like, make something up for Ciri's sake. Like, that's what pushes Geralt to leave, is that Ciri's, like, actually emotionally attached to him. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very poignant. Yeah. Geralt, like, basically struggles to form emotional attachment. Yeah, because of capital T trauma. Yeah, yeah. When you, I mean, you've got his history, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's yeah. understandable. I mean, like, this is the thing oh. you have to remember at the end of the day, that this is a very troubled guy. Um, yeah. Like, he suffers from, like, massive abandonment issues in and of himself What what because of what happened to him in childhood. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, on top of that, mm-hmm. he consistently runs into various emotional entanglements with other people that leave him feeling even more abandoned or conversely mm-hmm. reinforce his pattern of just abandoning mildly uncomfortable situations even though he shouldn't like I mean because he, run, he runs away from Yennefer but then she also leaves mm-hmm. him um, mm-hmm. uh, he forms a connection with Renfri and then she dies yeah yeah. Um, no, wait, no, no, don't passive voice that. He kills Yeah, her. as I said, that's passive. <laughs> yeah, he, he kills her. Um, yeah. that, that, is, that is certainly one way of, of avoiding attachment, it's true. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, as an abandonment issues haver, that is a pretty common abandonment issues pattern, right? It's like leave them before they leave you, push them away before they. Yeah, so you have exactly. some control like, over that it. Is, like, 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 Under um, your control. I, I know exactly what, what is going on through his head, which is like, nothing good is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Geralt. <sighs> the entire sort of a, the story is Geralt catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. Well, it basically is. I mean, like, that's like what the middle of. Um, baptism of fire is, is is Regis telling him he has to stop fucking catastrophizing and actually learn to work with people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah love... It's a real downer ending. Yeah, on Sorry. that happy ending. Yeah, this story has a real downer ending. Like, the story ends with, like, Siri screaming for him not to leave as he trudges away. Uh, 
and you know he nudged the horse with his heel and rode straight ahead heading deep into the black cold and boggy forest as though into an abyss into the pleasant familiar shade into the gloom which seemed to have no end this is this is my favorite line here because it basically reinforces all that we've just said about Geralt. Yeah. And this is the thing is is oh, I really love this too. This is like this this is um this thing that Sapphic does where he just twists the knife. Oh. oh I, was, I thought you meant this one because I really love it. <laughs> no, no. I meant I meant the one I meant the one where he goes I have to go city because I always go. Oh. Yeah. Oh no. Because that basically just summarizes everything we've just said about all of Geralt's issues. Yeah. And but of course Siri's right. This time he can't get away, he won't get away. Because no matter what he does, because like, the he world, can't escape world her. Will catch up with him. Um Yeah. <laughs> but I, I really liked that that final line, even though it, it's so dark, because it also calls back to what Siri saved him from. Because what um what Aethna says is um is you can save him you can save him child of the elder blood before he plunges into the nothingness which he has come to love into the black forest which has no end and then that's so well echoed in the line um you know heading deep into the black cold and boggy forest into a gloom which has no end um yeah so wonderful one last thing i think we need to mention before we wrap this up Mm -hmm. the way that this this narrative was basically omitted from the tv series Yes, yeah, we do need to talk about because that. Because obviously, yes, Siri does go to Brockelon in the TV series, but Siri going to Brockelon by herself actually doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it doesn't have this connection where she gets to know him when she's quite young and before the war. Indeed. It doesn't have this connection where she saves him from the poisoning. It doesn't have this bit where he could have taken her and chose not to. It doesn't have this 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 thing that makes when they find each other again have this meaning of these two people who who came together for a moment and for a moment were intertwined like, and then finding each other again that we don't have that in the show yeah and uh, it has some interesting like implications as well because like um, I've heard people express the feeling that like that, that to them the TV series bits about Siri were the least interesting mm-hmm. and while while to me they were interesting like to me they were fascinating because of like int- like the way that like it attempted to experiment with like new ideas for the for the universe in general like the evil Doppler um, mm-hmm. like you know in a very nerdy way that I guess like you know lots of people can't relate to um, I think because you also knew who Siri was already exactly right yeah it, it didn't really it, they cut out a lot of what kind of gave the story pathos which is a really pretentious way of putting it but it just it, it felt it was it was filler content in a way. Yes, and and this is the thing. Mm-hmm. Without this narrative, Siri's story, in the first, you know, bits represented by the first season, actually kind of you know, does not matter as much. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I watched the show first and was like completely. I had like I had no idea about anything to do with this entire franchise, and like. I'm like an oddly uncritical TV watcher. If I like just like. I just sort of accept what I see in front of me, so I'm probably the worst person to um, comment on just the show. Um, but I mean, it says something that I could barely remember what episode all of this happened in. Yeah. Because I think I think I understand what she was. Oh no, I completely get it because it was actually like a tough, the, the tough decisions needed to be made. Yeah, and I understand putting these two extremely important stories together, but of course that meant Geralt can't be in two places at once. And... Like, and also part of it was that like 
they kind of needed Siri's story to start with Sintra. Yes. And it would have it would have been very confusing to insert a flashback to this narrative. Yes. Also, they couldn't... I mean, they're trying not to recast actors, so they can't have a 10-year-old Siri. Yeah. I so. understand why it happened, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, Lauren, if you're listening to this, I don't blame you in any way. Love you, seriously. <laughs> um, but, but, like... Um, but 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 it does it does make Siri's narrative a bit weaker. I feel. Yeah, I mean, one of the comments I've seen floating around is like, in the books, obviously at the end of something more, she knows who Geralt is because she's met him, but she just runs up and hugs Geralt at the end of the show, and she's never seen him before. Yeah, and it's just like, how does she even know who it is other than like magical fucking destiny bond? Because like, yeah, this 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 short story is important to make the magical destiny bond be not just a magical destiny yeah but having had this like moment of like being in real danger together and getting through something together it's it's incongruous a little bit yeah mm-hmm. and i think this also sets up the pattern where i mean oh, i'll have to delete this but it kind of also sets up the pattern where he like does say like to her you know oh yeah well i've got you i've got you now and i'll never leave you again and then does and then they keep spending the rest of the books trying to find each other again it's like I think it is. It's appropriate to the tone of the books, which which are generally unending misery. And <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's flickers of hope and then just misery for a long time. Um, and in this yeah. case, you know, there's the joy of, oh look, she's survived this. She's still sorry, but then it, the trauma takes over, and he's like, no, I can't deal with this, and he runs away. Yeah. Ah, right. Well, yes, on that cheery note, that's our show. Thanks so much for listening. Um, And you can join us again. Hopefully you'll join us again next week um, when we do the last story in uh, The Sword of Destiny, Something More. Our music is Medieval Abstraction by Lucas Perny and Miloslav Kolar, which you can find at freemusicarchive.org. And you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr as at TheWitcherCast or email us at castapodtierwitcher at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.